0: Hello, world. This is M. Ward, and you are listening to the LSQ Podcast.
1: One of my favorite things about M. Ward's music is that it has this timeless quality where you can hear something brand new of his, like his beautiful new album, Migration Stories, and it feels instantly evocative and warmly familiar, you know? Whether it's his music on his own, or with She and Him, or in Monsters of Folk, Of course, there's that distinctive voice of his, but also his distinctive approach to melody. And it's very much by design, as you'll hear Matt explain in episode 48 of LSQ. He's striving to write songs that, as he puts it, can last. So we talk about his evolving approach to playing guitar and to songwriting and much more. And also after the interview with Matt, another Matthew, Matthew Haug of Phosphorescent. I'll get you a bit of an interview I taped with him last year, and I'll tell you more about it once we get there. It feels weird to me to imagine putting out an album in the midst of this. And, and I wonder if that even if that is even affecting your experience of just the birth of your album or something. It is. Um, it's affecting everything. You
0: know, the record comes from reading articles about movement and making a record about it. Um, sounded sounded interesting to me because I was really inspired by these articles Um who could have expected that, yeah, the, the month that it comes out, all transportation, all uh, flights from international countries would be banned and uh, the whole tour would be canceled. It's an, an incredibly perfect storm, but I can't feel, you know, too bad for myself. I'm, I have my health and my family and friends are, are healthy. I, my heart goes out to all these uh, people who are... Um, truly suffering and um whose family members are um uh, dying and they can't go to these funerals there's just so much so much to take in right now, and um it's uh oh pretty overwhelming
1: have you found that your kind of practice with music, you know what whatever your kind of regular songwriting practice or creative practices has been altered by? New routines and in, in quarantine and stuff, or just the the emotions that go along with the situation.
0: Definitely, uh, I'm not you know planning for any tours anymore, so I'm just focusing on uh, writing and editing, which is something I normally spend a couple hours a day doing anyway. But um, my life now is when I do have time to myself, I do more more writing and editing than ever but also spending more time with with family. And that's been a good thing.
1: Tell me about the very earliest uh, songwriting experiences, your earliest songwriting experiences. When do you first remember that musical urge? Well,
0: I picked up my my brother's guitar when I was about 15. And um, he had all these classic rock albums like Queen and uh, Led Zeppelin. And I was you know, pretty curious about, about these uh, weird records. To me, they they just, I didn't really get it. It wasn't really uh, around the house much. My parents listened to classical music and uh, old country, Oak Ridge Boys, that kind of stuff. So I was intrigued by this, this instrument that was hanging out in my brother's closet, and it was, wasn't getting used. So I took it upon myself to to teach myself the guitar. I really don't know why I wanted to do that. I was, you know, in the mind of a, a, a teenager. Who knows why teenagers do these things? But um, <laughs> it was, I, I'm glad that I picked it up. And um, I discovered the White Album really early on and decided it would be fun to try to learn some of these finger picking songs. And, um, So I got the A to Z Beatles chord book as a gift, a Christmas gift, when I was about 15, and I just went through that book forwards and backwards, and um, that led me to writing my own songs and figuring out how chords can fit together. is just a um, a puzzle, and um, it's you know it changed my life because that puzzle is uh, keeps me going. And um, it's a never ending uh, puzzle. And you can make it as complex or as easy as you want. And um, really quickly, I learned how to detune guitars and start experimenting with alternate tunings. And so that's, you know, my main passion is, is chords and uh, guitar tunings. So even it all started
1: So even before you found the guitar in your in your brother's room I mean was had music already I mean did you already feel like music was something special to you and then it was just like the you know like a light from heaven shone down on the guitar and you're like here's how we get there like or were there other things that yeah, that fascination you're describing had had anything else unlocked it before you you figured out via this clash of Beatles and guitar and the, you know, learning to play all the songs?
0: Well, I, I knew I liked some of the music that I was hearing around the house from family. I knew I liked Louis Armstrong, and I knew I liked some Bach and just random, the most random things. To be able to learn how to play the simplest song on on the guitar was was a good uh, head start into into music and trying to make it my own
1: where did you take it from there once you knew that you were going to be writing your own songs did it immediately become just like your your main hobby your main pastime
0: yeah the the thing that took it to the next level was finding friends in in high school that were also into um music and um uh figuring out how to play these these instruments. Uh mainly it was it was guitar players. I had some friends in high school that uh exposed me to some heavy metal and uh that was another world that I dipped my toe in I guess. I was never completely swept away with it, but it was just a blast to collaborate with with friends and um make uh you know these pretend heavy metal songs um my contribution was, was more like hey let's learn this uh this weird Beatles song and that grew to going out to Los Angeles to see concerts and um I had a, a friend of mine who I had a journalism class with uh gave me a Firehose tape and I really loved it and he said, Yeah, I'm going down to Los Angeles to see this band Firehose. You should come and and he and I went went to this concert and it it pretty much blew my mind and he rode a motorcycle it was also my first time being on a motorcycle so that was a memorable thing so yeah going to see live music was the thing that took it to another level as as well as collaborating with with friends
1: when did you actually begin performing for for audiences yourself
0: not until after high school i had a band that was really inspired by fire hose and and Uh, really everything Mike Watt did. And um, we got really into the SST label, which it was a big thing in Los Angeles and on KROQ. And that was uh, a music or a kind of music that I think we thought that we could, uh, I think imitate is a pretty good word. And so we, we enjoyed doing that. And and we played like coffee houses in uh, Ventura County and um, you know, Went to see shows in Los Angeles occasionally. But yeah, those those were um good memories.
1: If I found some of that music from that band, would it would I recognize you, your your music from more recently in it? Does it sound like you?
0: I don't think so. I don't think it sound I don't think the recordings sound really good at all, so I wouldn't encourage any explorations. But I had fun. I you know, I really enjoyed myself at the time. I didn't really know anything about uh, recording guitars or, or voices,
1: but I don't mean. But I don't mean the production. I guess I just mean the 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 essential the essential musical you, like yeah. And 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 I guess the yeah, the question from there is, yeah, what were some important early not discoveries, but like realizations from spending the kind of time I know you spend thinking about the metaphysical aspects of making music. Like, what were some important kind of early breakthroughs as far as figuring out what your essential kind of musical sound and goals were?
0: Uh, Well, it was that this SST um, sort of um, pretend community that I imagined existed, maybe between the, the, you know, uh, Meat Puppets and and Sonic Youth and, and Firehose and thinking that there was this thing out there that maybe had an open door policy and getting into Sonic Youth, you know, that's the first thing that comes to mind because when I started to sit down and, and try to learn their songs, I realized very quickly that it's it was pretty much impossible because of these alternate tunings. It was like, you know, learning about some wizardry or something <laughs> and uh, I knew I needed to get to the bottom of it and the only thing there to help me was uh, these guitar magazines because there was no internet where you could Google how to play any any Sonic Youth song. Yeah, most of the guitar magazines were Guitar World and Guitar Player, and these were all about Ingve uh, Malmsteen <laughs> and uh, Steve Vai, <laughs> and not so much, you know. Sonic Youth guitars. Although there was one article, and I still have that magazine in my my basement, where they they talk about how how to use these alternate tunings that Sonic Youth did, uh, and also uh, discovering Joni Mitchell around that time and learning some of her alternate tunings from guitar magazines uh, was really helpful. And so that I guess to answer your question would be the, the next thing that, uh, opened the door uh, a little wider.
1: Right. And, uh, and so at this point now you're, you're where you, have you gone off to college?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm, um, studying literature, uh, in, in central California and, um, you know, not planning on, on making a living from music at all. I thought that I would just get a degree in, in literature and, and be a teacher.
1: And, but I mean, why weren't you, why didn't the music thing seem worth putting all the eggs in that basket? Just didn't seem realistic or?
0: Maybe because I didn't have uh, any friends that were doing it. I had some, some friends that were doing it, you know, on the side. And uh, that was good enough for me. Once you start to meet people who are doing it for a living, which is what happened to me after I did my, made my first record, it starts to become a little bit more uh, of a reality just sending off my first record to a couple heroes like how gelb and ira kaplan from yola tango and uh receiving you know really encouraging nice notes in return was was also a big step in me thinking okay maybe i should pursue this and um and and put literature in the backseat.
1: <laughs> in, a, in a way I mean it's a, it, if, in a, you know I mean listening to your music it's like it's not in the backseat it's in the sidecar or something <laughs> but yeah let's talk a little bit about about lyric writing as well I'm curious kind of how how that has evolved for you or or you know kind of how you you found your zone or how how to do it how did you figure out how to do it? You know, every day is a a new
0: lesson. And I I think it all started off in high school and being exposed to to great writers. And um, um, I had some friends who wrote uh, poetry and songs in high school. And, you know, again, it's that peer pressure thing where uh, you feel like you could be part of this community. And so you get the confidence to write, in my case, uh, you know, when I was... A teenager just really bad poems but that's the, how you start out and um uh, you form a small community once you get the confidence to uh fail then you can do anything really <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's true you know, I know that the idea of kind of following where music or where the, the, that kind of creative inspiration leads you is, is, is the thing that you've talked about. And, and um, the mystery of where songs come from, uh, the, the feeling of knowing it when you're on the right track. Um, when did you start to have an awareness that, op- that when you open that door, like, yeah, this is I'm hearing it. This is good stuff. Let's write this down.
0: I think for me, I, I learned very quickly that I need to let time pass before I feel confident to share anything that I've written or done. And um, I discovered the four-track when I was in my teenage years, and um, I, I learned really quickly that... Something that you record immediately, uh, it feels pretty good. And um, you realize the next day when you listen back to it that it probably has no value and might even be a little bit embarrassing. <laughs> um, so the the lesson was keep writing. You know, don't let these, for one thing, don't let anyone hear these embarrassing experiments. Keep them in your uh, cassette tape arsenal to go back and uh feed off of them but um you know going back to that having confidence in in failing i still feel like i need to write 10 pretty bad songs to have one that's has uh, a little bit of life to it
1: the ones that stand out i mean do they stand out immediately as being something like, okay, I, I'm not, maybe I'm not overestimating this one.
0: Well, every song feels great in the moment or or else you wouldn't be right. playing it. <laughs> That's my philosophy. It's like, uh, what could I compare it to? You know, just because a, um, a recipe you came up with, you know, tastes great in the moment, it, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be good for public consumption.
1: Yeah, you're you're of course if you're writing ing the thing, you're still believing in it. While otherwise, you would have stopped writing, you would have let it go, and you're not even in the continual process. You know, I I understand that. I guess I just wonder if looking back, you know, looking back with perspective after any given album or over ten albums now, the songs that ended up being massive favorites among your fans, um. Can you see something where you're like, yeah, in retrospect, I kind of had a feeling about that one or does it su- does it surprise you?
0: It still surprises me. There's some songs that yeah, when when I'm when they're being written feel like something that can last is 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 happening, but I've also learned to not trust it. <laughs> yeah. And um I would never you know, I never bring in a song that I just wrote yesterday to the studio or, or to collaborators because I just don't, uh, it's just not the way that I work. And as, as a result, I, I don't really believe in, in writing sessions for myself. I mean, it's happened a few times where we say, let's go and, and write a song today. It just, I just can't, I can't do it. I'd rather someone send me something and I can sit on it for a few months and um, um, try to extract uh, something I can work with.
1: And this the the collection of songs on migration stories. I mean, did they did one of them arrive first before the concept kind of came into focus?
0: The first uh, song that I think helped to define where where the record should go was "Unreal City" um, on a, on a songwriting level and also a production level.
1: Interesting, because I was going to ask you specifically about Unreal City and say, I mean, come on, Matt, you're telling me that when you were writing Unreal City, you didn't know this one slaps. Well,
0: I, I wish I could say I had some sort of a scientific uh, red, you know, light that flashes when something, you know, long lasting is, is happening, but sadly, it doesn't exist. I, I, I'm, I'm writing pretty much every day at this point. You know, pretty comfortable in in the process. You know, there is it does change every day in in small ways, but I still don't have the confidence to share anything that's brand new with with anybody uh, except for myself. And um, it's like journal entries that uh, uh, I I would. It, it feels good as you're writing the, the journal entry, but it's not for uh, human eyes.
1: <laughs> well, Matt, thank you so much for, for connecting to do this, and I, and I wish we could have done it face-to-face, but I love the album Migration Stories. It's just so beautiful, um, and so everybody, go get it. It's on the internet like everything.
0: Thanks, Jenny. Nice talking to you.
1: Thanks so much. Take care. Bye. Thanks again to Matt Ward, and next another Matthew, Matthew Hauk of Phosphorescent. And I want to say in advance, uh, thank you slash I'm sorry (laughs) to Matthew Hauk because uh, we recorded this quite some time ago, last summer at my place here in Brooklyn. And then I was gonna publish it around when Phosphorescent were on the road this spring. And then of course nobody's on the road this spring. And then also I had some technical difficulties. Uh, Sorry, I had some technical difficulties with the file. And so I had to abbreviate it. And Matthew Haug, I'll make it up to you. We'll do, we'll do another one. But I also loved this section of the interview, what, what I could salvage. Uh, so we're going to listen to this really sweet section where uh, Matthew is talking about uh, how he got into playing folk music and kind of realizing that writing songs is magical. But, yeah, what about you? When you finally started to nerd out on music and have taste of your own, what 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 did you insist on listening to?
2: Yeah, I mean, it went, like, pretty quickly, you know, like, folk. You know, you go from, like, you know, there was, like, I don't know, Peter, Paul, and Mary records, say, that you would that, that you would hear. And then you go, okay, well, Bob Dylan wrote that song, you know what I mean? And it's like, well, Bob Dylan, mm-hmm. you know, Woody Guthrie. And, and you just, like, Carter Family. And you know, it was very, like... Like, it, I went very backwards right. for a long time. Like, just, like, getting to, like, the the core, I think, of, like, this, like, songwriting thing. You know what I mean? It's, like, it's, um I, I didn't, I didn't, uh I didn't go to, to, to college, or, you know, I go to, go to school and, and, like, I don't, I wasn't thinking of it in terms of, like, a like, studying something. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just, like, I just wanted to, like, like, get You're into it. I, yeah, way. you know what I mean? It was. And, and again, this is pre-internet, so it was like a weird thing of like you know going to like the fuck the public library, you know, and like and like checking out records and taking them home and copying them onto cassette. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's so like I I couldn't possibly like summon up that amount of uh, like yeah. like to do Ever. that now. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? Like it's like I, I I don't. It's like it's weird. It's like looking at another person. I'm like, what well, what were you doing? You know, like, but yeah, just like it was. I don't know I was um yeah trying to get at something I think and and But you
1: had started had you started playing guitar already then? Yeah,
2: yeah, totally. And like very stubbornly was like I knew this is what I was, you know, there was no plan B in in a in a way that again like looking at it from here it's kind of like looking at another person it's it's just kind of like yeah, I can't I can't really explain it. It was just it was like there's no way I'm going to Go to college and, or, and like get a, uh, you know, get into this path of a job or whatever it is that how you would do. How long like, were no. you?
1: How long after you picked up a guitar mm. did you know that? Probably,
2: probably pretty, pretty soon. It I felt mean, good yeah, right away. Yeah, yeah, it made sense. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it didn't. It didn't. It was. It's like you know how you have things that you that you that you do and like you you feel like a fish out of water always. You know what I mean? Like in some things and other things you just go like ah, oh, like uh, mm-hmm. this is yeah. It, yeah. It's just kind of like that. It just, yeah, it was... Yeah. Uh, and, like, listening, you know, to tapes uh, that I was making at that time, you know, it was terrible. Like, I... I <laughs> it's, it's, how quickly did it's you go did you try to me trying to <laughs> write... How quickly did you start
1: writing versus just learning these folk songs that you were... Uh,
2: really really early, yeah. yeah. Really, really, like, you know, writing silly things pretty, pretty much right away, yeah.
1: Right. In the yeah. style, uh, vaguely in the style of what you were listening to, or...? Yeah, I
2: yeah. think probably, yeah, it was pretty... Pretty um, I mean, you know, look, Bob Dylan is is a is a major right. thing, like a major creature. Yeah, <laughs> and like looms so, large. so, yeah, looms yeah, looms large. very large, and rightfully so. You know, yeah.
1: did it feel like an outlet for you almost immediately, or 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 and 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 does it in general is is writing songs? Does it does it feel like a required outlet for whatever is kicking around in your brain? Like you feel better yeah. after having done it?
2: Yes. It also feels um, really serious, you know. Like it feels like um, it. It always feels silly to um, do this, but like to talk, you know, to talk about it, you, you know, without yeah. sounding like a like a like a asshole or like a you know like because it all sounds like hyperbole or something. But it, it, you know, it does yeah. no, no, okay, right on. Right on. <laughs> I'm down it, for it. it. <laughs> yeah, I, it, you know, to me, it, it um it really I I, I don't have like. uh religion in my life or, or like a, a discipline of like, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, I don't meditate or, or you know, but for me, it, it does, it feels like it is what I assume people who are fanatically religious or, 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 mm-hmm. you know, deep into to meditation or, or, or what, like it feels like that area for me to, to this like world of song and, and, yeah. and lyrics and music. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, it's, you know, holy in some way. But then it also, like the inverse, it, you know, it flips sometimes. And this is, I think, also the magic of, of music Like, and, and specifically what it is because it's also, there's a thing I, I do with my drummer all the time. It's like, it's just, it's just tunes. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it also can flip and you can always go like, yeah, but it's just fucking tunes. Do you know right. what I mean? It's just boom, boom, pop, boom, boom, pop. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's like, so it can be both the most, you know...
1: Sacred, yeah. Yeah, you know, and also, you know, it's just... Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, so it's like, and I think that I've learned to really appreciate that, that, like, that little line there that I think, because, it, it, you know, it, I don't, I can't go, like, any further with that, trying to, like, get into... I don't understand yeah. why it worked, but yeah. it's like, it's like a kind of magic that, like, I just intuitively believe in. You yeah. know what I mean? I don't yeah. I don't know why it works. I don't know I don't know because if you try to like take it apart it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't hold up. It doesn't make sense. You know what
1: I mean. Okay, well that does bring us to the end of episode 48 of LSQ. Thanks again to Matthews, Haug and Ward. And I've got episodes coming up in the next several weeks with pop songwriter Justin Tranter, with King Tough, with Shamir who has a new album in October. Um, And, yeah, subscribe to the LSQ podcast right there on the platform of your choice. Thanks again for listening.